We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is Saturday, it is the weekend, and it is, of course, the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am Jason Perrone, along with Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel. Mark, on the East Coast, how are we living? Uh, well, as well as can be expected. I mean, you know, um, it's crazy times we're living in right now, but... You're making the most of it. Quarantine week four, I think. For I don't know what it is for everyone else, but it's probably about the fourth week. So this is this is where we're all going to start to test our relationships with the people closest to us or who are stuck inside <laughs> with us, right? Paul Brettel, how are you doing over there in, in beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin? Fantastic. There's uh, no snow on the ground, so I know that's always a good thing in mid-April. There's always that pesky snowstorm that comes up, and uh, so hoping that doesn't come because I've already started doing my spring yard work. <laughs> ah, well, the other thing too is like when the snow melts, that's one thing, but then it doesn't actually the ground doesn't actually dry out for like another two weeks after that, <laughs> especially in my backyard. 
Yeah, we have some diverse weather going on between the three of us, I imagine. Yes, we do. <laughs> I just came off the beach to do this podcast. So. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Mark, as always, Heading standard. As soon as soon as we're done. So. Standard disclaimer: Mark came off the beach, and I just looked ahead to next week in the Phoenix area, and we will have our first ninety degree day of the year on Wednesday, and it doesn't look like we're we're going backwards from there. So the heat is here. Triple figures are right around the corner, huh? That it is. That it is. But what's also right around the corner is the NFL draft. So this is the last show that the three of us are going to do before there's some actual draft stuff to talk about. So I'm really excited to do next week's show because we will have, uh, remind me, we got the first round, obviously, and then two and three. We'll have three rounds to talk about, right, guys? Yep. Yeah, which is good. Which we'll is be very... on the morning of the third day. Morning of the third day. So... The draft is almost upon us. It's going to be a really interesting draft. I mean, it's this whole virtual thing and everything else. So, Mark, you've got a couple sources on the inside, and you've a lot of guys that I know you worked with all through the years that cover the draft heavily, and I know you did as well, too. Like, what are they saying right now? Are they excited about it, or are they are they not looking forward to it because of the format? Well, I, you, all right, let's start one at a time. The writers, I don't know how they feel. They're, they're, they're probably mad because they're not getting a free, free meal out of it. Uh, but because uh, draft meals were always pretty good, at least in Philly. But um, I, I did talk to some people in the league, and they're they're a little anxious, I guess is the word, because they've never done it before. But they're prepared. I mean, they they you know, well, some teams will be. I'll, I'll say this: I think some teams with more cutting edge people in the organization will be more prepared than others. Like. I hate. I don't want to. I, I think Green Bay will be more. Will be one of the more prepared. I, I like the fact they have a young general manager now. I'm not so sure the last years of Ted this would have gone as well. That's all I'm going to say. Oh yeah, I, that would have been more entertaining than the draft itself. Was watching Ted navigate through. You know, trying no. to. He would have. No. You know, everybody's allowed one IT guy. I think is the rule in their headquarters or whatever it is. Ted would have maybe needed a couple. And some of the, and there are teams. The New York Giants come to mind. Dave Gettleman isn't doesn't seem to be a, he he has a hard time with a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a hard time with a lot of things, but that's yeah. a whole a whole another topic. That's a completely whole other topic. Paul, are you looking forward to the draft? Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is going to be uh, a wild one to say the least. I just think that there's a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, focusing on the Packers, I think that's especially true, just given that there's a number of positions that they could address um it's a deep class at a number of those positions and then in Gudikin's two years as GM we've seen that he's a, a bit of a wild card and unpredictable on draft day trading up trading down in round one of 18 trading up in round three that same year trading up to get Darnell Savage last year and then um just the without having to without teams being able to do the same off-season workouts and interviews that they've done um, I just think that there's a lot more moving parts this year. And so I think it's going to be a lot more chaotic than usual, not just for, you know, talking about the Packers, but I just, I mean, in general with every team. Yeah, long gone are the days of, I mean, I'd say this jokingly, but long gone are the days of waiting with so much anticipation only for to see Green Bay either trade out of the first round or draft Justin Harrell. So... Brian Gutekunst's last two years has definitely made it very fun to watch and very exciting. So I expect more of the same this year, and who knows what surprises he holds for us. Last year, 
There were a lot of, as is the case every year, a lot of names mocked to Green Bay, a lot of popular names thrown around, and then lo and behold, at pick number 12, it was Rashawn Gary out of Michigan, the pass rusher, who they drafted after they had already signed Zadarius and Preston Smith. And so Goot has, as we've seen, thrown a lot of resources at an area of need on the team. And in fact, speaking of pass rushers and edge, that is our topic today. So we're going to be talking about edge prospects. And the interesting thing about that is, like I said, like I said, last year seemed to be the year that they addressed that position. Doesn't mean that they can't go back there again this year, but I, they've, you know, they've got other needs, and I just don't see that being a, a, a really top and high priority. Now, Mark, again, I guess we'll start with you because we're talking about Brian Gutekunst. This is his third draft as GM, and again, Edge. This is we can talk about some of these guys, but. Again, I don't think the likelihood of them going too early in the draft is very high, and I think you probably share that same sentiment. Oh yeah, this is a this is a bad year for it. I, I think. I mean, we'll go over one by one. There's there's a there's one obvious great one, um, a couple okay ones, and that's going to lead me to what I was what I was uh, teasing you about be, before we we came on with with the Packers draft last year, and I. I think a lot of I, I would think more than more than Green Bay does this, but they certainly did this. If you look at their first four picks from last year's draft, right? They they took an edge rusher in Gary, they took a safety in Darnell Savage, a guard in Jenkins, and a tight end in Sternberger. To me, they're the four worst positions in this year's draft. There's mm-hmm. edge, like I said, there's a few edge. A, a scout told me it's the worst year of guards he's ever seen. There's only one good one, the kid from, from, from Michigan. Safeties are – I don't think a safety goes in the first round this year. Maybe one. I don't, I don't – it's not a good year for safeties. And tight ends, there's one that's might go in the first three rounds. I mean, it's a terrible year for, for, for tight ends. So I kind of think he might have – I kind of think the way the Green Bay Packers draft now, they draft with an eye on the future – and that's, and that's what people have to realize, too. You're not drafting for, for – for like, the, the, the 2020 draft isn't just about 2020. It's about 2021, 22, 23. So you look ahead now. Where the Packers have needs, this is a pretty good draft. They they need a wide receiver. Well, God, there's 100 of them. They, they, they need a, a tackle. There's some pretty good tackles. They could use a corner. We talked about corners last week and how many good ones there are. So defensive linemen. There's a bunch of good run-stopping de- defensive linemen. So – they're in good shape for what they need in this draft. Yeah, the edge doesn't seem to be a, a you know, it, it matches up there. So hopefully the temptation is is gone for those specifically who want to see an offensive player take in a skill position or something a little bit more exciting. Although edge prospects are great when it's a great year for that, but this this isn't necessarily that. Paul, as far as as you and I know you've you know I've mentioned every week done some work at Dairyland and all of your your draft prep and Cheesehead TV. Are you seeing the same thing? Do you feel like Edge this year is pretty slim pickings? Yeah, I do. It's uh, as Mark said, you know, it's uh, top heavy with Chase Young, who we'll get to, and then after that, it drops off and um, just a, not a whole lot of depth like there was last year. And from the Green Bay Packers perspective, they have, as you guys mentioned, the Smiths and Gary. Um, I won't rule them out not drafting one at all. It's not going to be early, or at least I don't anticipate it. But with five picks between round six and seven, um, they did lose Kyler Fackrell, 
And when you get to that point in the draft, it's all about who's best available. You're picking lottery tickets. You're going to take best available in, in your swing for the fences. Um, so with Fackrell gone, potentially needing a new guy to kind of plug in on the very back end, I wouldn't rule it out, but it's, I mean, with the guys they have, and Gary's going to play a bigger role this year, it's just certainly not a priority with everything else that they, you know, the other positions that they need as well as just the depth of the class in general. Yeah, you get a guy who falls and, and falls back because of all the other positions that took priority or precedent or have better talent, and suddenly you've got a great value. So as far as the list, you know, like I said, and the fun thing about this too is that some of these names could be debatable as far as edge rushers. Some of them might project more as defensive linemen. It also de- depends on the defensive scheme that they play, so we can debate that stuff too. But the list obviously starts with a guy that could, in theory, uh, you know, if if it weren't for the usual quarterback situation every year, be the first player taken overall, and that's Chase Young out of Ohio State. He is not going to be in play for the Packers, and as much as we never know and got players can fall, uh, he, we, we know he's not going to be available for the Packers. So let's just say, you know, Chase Young, Ohio State, he's an elite talent. There's a reason why he's projected to go, you know, number two overall, you know, third maybe at the latest although it's the NFL, who knows, with trades and stuff like that. Uh, not a whole lot to say other than this guy is phenomenal, and, and you know, fortunately the Packers aren't picking two or threes. We have to sit through a painful season last year. But Chase Young not in play for Green Bay. So I guess the only thing we can hope for is that you know, whoever moves up to that two spot or if it does end up being, because it's, it's uh, Washington currently, right, that they that – they, take him off of the hands of the Detroit Lions before the Lions draft Chase Young, and he is terrorizing Packers quarterbacks for years to come. So, Mark, we'll start with you. Chase Young and your thoughts. I, I think he's the best player in the draft. I mean, I again, I know the Bengals were going to take Burrow. I would take Chase Young. I just would. I know I mean, people tell me I'm wrong, and I probably am. I mean, quarterback's so important, but I don't think Burrow, Burrow's good. I don't, I don't think, you know, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think Chase Young... Uh, he's, I don't know if he's as good as Bosa, but he's right. He's in the, he's in the same sentence. And you saw what Bosa did for San Francisco. Um, I just think he's a great player. Um, I can't imagine the Redskins not taking him. I, I know Ron Rivera pretty well. I remember when he was a linebacker coach for the Eagles. Hey, he's, he's, he fits exactly what Ronnie loves in a, in a defensive and pass rusher. Yeah. He'll, he'll be a Washington Redskin. And like you said, I'm glad the Packers don't, don't play the Redskins next year. Yeah, next year or necessarily as often. Paul, anything to add on Young? No, he's uh, fantastic, and honestly, I still have nightmares about him terrorizing the Badgers from this past season. He had a six tackle, five for loss, four sack, two force fumble game against Bucky. So I'm glad the Redskins are there to hopefully keep him out of the NFC North because I don't need to see any of that again on a regular basis. Or maybe the Dolphins get smart and somehow move up and, and he ends up in the AFC, and then they only have to see him once every four years. But I... I doubt it. I think Mark, you're, you're you've got a Rivera kind of player. He's he's without a doubt a Ron Rivera defensive yeah. line. So to your point, I don't I don't think unless it's just something too good to pass up. I don't think Washington moves out, and then Detroit can figure out how they're going to screw up this draft at the third spot. Then after that, so so moving on after so after Chase Young, there's a bit of a drop off here, but there's a an intriguing guy, and he's played in a you know on a good team in a good conference against some top competition. So that's Caleb Von Chasen out of LSU, played in the college football playoffs, which matters, as we've talked about, performance in big games. Mark, your, your guy on the inside, 
likes Kalevon Chasen. He is yeah. only he, he's only 20 years old, so he's young. He didn't run drills at the combine. Uh, in his sophomore season, he tore his ACL that first game, so he lost his sophomore season. I think he lost a redshirt season, but he comes out 6'3", 254. What say you, Mark, about Kalevon Chasen? Good player. I mean, again, not he's like you said, big drop off from from Chase Young to him. Uh, com, comes out of a very good program at LSU, um, a really good defense that they had last year. Um, and he'll be a first round pick. He'll probably go in the middle of the first round, I think, somewhere around sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. You know, I think Atlanta takes him. To be honest with you, I think I, 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 I haven't done my, I haven't done a mock yet, but I'm thinking he goes. I think that's a good fit. Um, and I think they pick what fifteen or sixteen of Falcons. So. Yeah, I, I think he's, you know, I don't think he's a great, I mean, he he has all, of, he has what you look for, the speed, the strength, the size, all that kind of stuff. He only had six and a half sacks last year. It's hard to, you know, production hasn't been where you want it to be for, you know, for a guy coming out like that. You'd like to see, like you said, a year before, he, he, he didn't play at all. So that was, you know, he he's probably a guy that might have been better off going back to school year. But I guess when you win the national title and you know you're going to be a first-round pick, who, who am I to tell him to, to go back to school, right? Yeah, at this point, the risk situation, I think, drives the decision for a lot of these guys. But, you know, the 20-year-old thing is intriguing because that was kind of the story with Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark is a very young, going into his second contract player, and he's been really, really good. So if you hit and you, you whoever drafts him does well here, they're going to they're gonna have a player that is, is going to be entering his prime you know, a little bit later, they're going to get a little bit more miles on those tires. So, Paul, any any film study, anything to mention about Chasen and what he does well and what he might struggle with in the NFL? Um, I think teams are going to like him just because of the potential that he has. Uh, you mentioned him only being 20 years old, and then on the tape, he's you know he's got the he's fast, but he's also got the strength despite being a little bit smaller. I see here he's at least what I'm looking at, he's listed under 250, um, but he still has good strength given his size. And I, he has the tools that you can see developing into uh, an effective edge rusher in the NFL. So despite the lack of production, um, I think that he's going to be certainly a first rounder, but I think he'll be um, potentially the second edge, edge guy taken after Young just because of the potential at Team C and him with the tools and the, the speed and all of that. Right. Right. So then moving on from, from him, then we get a we get an even bigger drop-off here. So the next guy on the list here, and, and these may not necessarily be in order, but Yitor Gross Matos out of Penn State. Uh, you know, it's interesting. In the last 10 years, the number of guys coming out that have the hyphenated names. So then it's like, you know, more to have to remember. And uh, keeping the jersey stitchers busy. But um, Penn State, Yitor Gross Matos. Uh, Mark, this is one that you're not as high on. Well, again, I, I didn't think he was a bad player, but the guy that I took, the, the scout that I used for my the series that I, that I wrote for Packer Report, he's not crazy about him. He said he's okay, just a guy. Like He doesn't think he's going to come in and be a double-digit sack guy in the NFL by, by any stretch. Um, thinks he might be a low first, early second round pick. Um, he did have nine and a half sacks last year, you know, for, for Penn State. He had eight the year before. So there is some there is production, um, decent size six five two sixty. Um, believe it or not, he's not very good against a run, despite his size, and that 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 tells that that's kind of a question. You, you would think a guy that big would 
set a good edge, but he, he really doesn't. Well, what's interesting is, is he had a lot of tackles for loss. He had almost twice as many of those as he did sacks this past season. So he found his way into the backfield. He's, you know, well, yeah, he, does. he he plays the run on the way to the pad. Like he's right. he's a penetrator. But he, he you could I think in the NFL teams could expose him a little bit. Sure. Know? So here's another Big Ten guy. So Paul, this is your area here, being a being a big Big Ten guy as well. Did he pop out to you at all this past season? Um. Not in the bit that I've watched him, nothing nothing in particular really popped. I mean, he has some good production numbers that we as we mentioned, and you can see once again, kinda of like Chase, and he has the he has the tools that you look for to be a successful edge rusher, but in watching him there was nothing that really uh popped about him, I guess you'd say. It kinda of left the you you wanting a little bit more or expecting a little bit more for him, at least in my eyes. Um so I see him you know, teams are always looking for edge rusher. The name of the game on the defensive side of the ball is getting after the quarterback. Um, but I don't, I don't know. He left a little bit to be desired for me, but I think he still might be a first rounder or at least uh, early second. Yeah, the thing about size with these guys is a lot of them come in and they the size situation is going to change for them. Some of them have to drop weight. Some of them have to put on weight. You know, you trust the teams to help them do that the right way. And hopefully they can. But then, Mark, you make a good point. When a guy has the size, but he's not playing up to that size already in college, uh, you know, is there a great chance that it's going to happen in the NFL? You know, we've probably seen it happen. But would you agree that that's more of the exception and not the norm? Or do you do you do you think that that's not as big of a deal? Oh no, I think it's a very big deal. Um, it gets harder. And it's, the NFL is harder than than college. Mm-hmm. You don't get to play. Uh, you know. Penn State played some some bad teams last year. Some their their non conference schedule wasn't exactly uh, good. I'll just say that. Right. You know he's not going to see those teams. He's gonna, you know so yeah you you need to, yeah I'm I, I'm not a big fan. I, I hope he goes. I hope he goes somewhere in the twenties that take a player off the board that the Packers don't want and maybe drop one of those wide receivers or offensive linemen down down to him. Might just see the Vikings take him actually. Yeah, that would be fantastic, although I, I think the Vikings are going to, in my opinion, keep a certain receiver that has been talked about and connected to the Packers wearing a combination of yellow and purple. But well, that's just – that, Oh, I don't. That's just my thought. I know that they like Denzel Mims a lot, but – That's what they're think. Yeah, Justin Jefferson out of LSU maybe. I don't know. You know, yeah. they, they – you know, we we want to hope they screw it up, but they're going to get it right at least once every so many years, right? So, staying in the Big Ten. So, Paul, we'll start off with you here. So, Zach Bond is next on the list here. He's one of those guys that, you know, could go defensive line, edge. Uh, you know, he played edge at Wisconsin, but as we were talking about before the show, off ball seems to be his projection in the NFL. So, without any further ado, Paul, I will turn the reins over to you to talk about Zach Bond. And do you agree that he um, would would stay a linebacker. Or do you think he fits better on the defensive line? Um, for those who for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you know that I am, if not the president, I'm up there of the Zach Bond fan club. I love this watching this guy at Wisconsin. Um, really came out of nowhere this last year. Really shot up draft boards with a huge senior season, um, and then a nice performance at the Senior Bowl. And a big reason I think he just obviously got more eyes on him with his performance. But his skill set as a whole is what teams are looking for in an NFL linebacker this year. We saw last year that he could get after the quarterback. He can defend the run. Um, he dropped into cover 
uh, dropped into coverage at least 80 snaps two of the last three seasons um, and tested well, which is showing off the athletic ability. But given his size, and he's talked about it as well, um, I, you know, he's listed here at 6'2", 238. Um, that might be on the heavier side. He's likely going to be more of an off-ball linebacker. But with his skill set, NFL teams should use him in a variety of ways. He shouldn't just be an off-ball linebacker. They should send him as a blitzer and things like that because he does have that diverse skill set that teams are going to covet. With that said, he's all over the board. You know, I look at mock draft projections to kind of see where some of these Badger guys are going, and I've seen him in the low 20s all the way to the mid-50s. Um, so I think it just kind of depends on the team and if they need to be using him in the correct way. But if they do, I think he can. I think he can be a good player. He seems like the type of guy that because of the play that he's been getting – and he's got some versatility there that he could end up being a surprise guy that gets picked a little bit sooner than than later. But mm-hmm. but again, I think in that in that situation, because again, the Packers are going to have opportunities. We'll talk about this after we get through the list. I think one of the things that we talked about before the show was that in the later rounds, there might be some good value there, and that might be a better spot for Green Bay to find a guy like that. So uh, you know they don't have to to necessarily reach. For a guy like Vaughn, unless they absolutely love him, I and mean, they loved Rashawn Gary last year, so you know you never know what what the Packers are thinking. And although that's been over the course of the last ten years, it's been two GMs making the, the decisions. Uh, Mark, you and I talked about it. It's been very heavy on defense early in the draft. So yeah, crazy heavy. I yeah. like. I'm uh, you know Paul said he's the president. I'm, I'm not a you know I didn't I didn't get to see Wisconsin nearly as much as. As, as as Paul did, obviously, but um, I like Vaughn a lot. I I mean, he's kind of as much as I want the Packers to take an offensive player at thirty. If Vaughn's there, they have to think about him, don't they? I mean, he could be that inside. I mean, Mike Patton loves inside linebackers that are versatile, that could blitz and cover, and he's almost like an ideal inside linebacker for a Mike Patton defense. Am I wrong in thinking that? I mean. Paul, you you know him better than I do. You've seen him play a lot more. Isn't he isn't he the kind of guy that they the Packers like? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like I said, it's that versatility, and I think that's a big part of what just in general has really vaulted him up big boards. You know, since December January time frame is that um, you know you can do so much with him, and I think that's where he's going to be at his best and putting him in the positions to succeed rather than just you know locking him into, all right, this is your job. Let him do what he can do in the specific situations that require that. But, no, I think that Petten would love – you know, we've seen the draft, the defensive players that the Packers have drafted, the the free agent sets they've signed. You know, versatility is huge with Petten in this defense, and that's what Bond provides. And Petten is going to – should be pounding the table and that voice in the room wanting another defensive player because he's back this year, but there were some deficiencies on his defense – and it seems like this year is kind of a an important one. There's going to be certain areas where his defense is going to have to improve. Now they signed Christian Kirksey um, in the middle of the, of the defense there. So if uh, you know if we're talking about a guy who's going to play off ball, and again that may or may not be the case with him, then is that a good compliment there? But you know you're drafting talent, and Vaughn's got a lot of it. So I you know some team I think some team is going to is going to become enamored with him, and I'll be surprised. If he's still on the board, let's say by the by the 41st pick, is is just kind of my thought there um, on Bond. But um, forget the 41st pick. If he's there at 30, and you're you're already six wide receivers deep and five offensive linemen, five tackles deep, do you what do you do? 
And that's the that's the million dollar question because we don't have enough sample size to know what Gutekunst is going to do. And we saw him take a guy that he was in, enamored with last year. So I guess it's going to depend on whether or not he's enamored with the guy or not. You know, in the first round, if you're not going to trade out of the first round, then you might as well. I might trade out. That's the case. Well, I I think so as well. But that that's if the Packers want to get a, a top wide receiver because they can get one and they don't have to take him at 30th. They can get a couple more picks and take another stab. I mean, if you're within that top, you know, well, somebody's got to want to. You know, everybody says that it's the only Packers should, should trade back. Well, somebody's going to want to have to trade up to thirty, and mm-hmm. you trade up for a quarterback or a. I mean, who's somebody coming up? Who who you, who's who wants to come up to get the thirtieth player? That's I don't know. Maybe there is somebody I don't know. Well, yeah, because you're jumping ahead of Kansas City and San Francisco, so and the top of the second round too. Yeah, and, and and well, in San Fran, you know, have already set themselves up. They've you know they're picking. Tw- are they aren't they picking twelfth? 13. 13. So. Yeah, they're going to get C.D. Lamb, and that's not going to be good. Yeah, they're not going to be any easier to, to take care of uh, this next season and moving forward. Um, Packers had their share of problems with them last year, obviously. So um, I'm just realizing now, it's not like it should be a surprise, but how Big Ten heavy this list is. Because then we move on to, um, Paul, I might need some help with it. Is it is it Epinesa or Epinesa? Epinesa. A.J. Epinesa out of Iowa. Iowa. So, you know, it would, it would the Packers love the Iowa boys. Um, you know, they well, they drafted a lot of them during Ted's time anyway. So, 6'5", 275. He did not have a great combine, but he participated in it. And his size has, has been listed as a little bit of a, of a question. But, again, is this a guy that's got the frame that they can, they can, you know, put some bulk on him? Or is that not even the issue? Is it really more of just the fact that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the – the length that you wanted an edge rusher, but over the last two seasons, he had 30 and a half sacks. So did, did he show up on tape, Paul, when you were looking at him? I can't remember if, uh, I think, I think the Badgers played Iowa. So did he show up big in that game or did you see anything from him that, that has you higher on him than his combine performance would suggest? Yeah, I mean, he has the production. Uh, he's 6'5", 275, so he's got good size. Strong, he's versatile. He can play inside or outside, which would, you know, if we're talking specifically about the Packers, as we kind of mentioned, you know, that's something that Mike Pettin likes to do. He did that a lot with Darius last season. Um, and then the production as well. I can't remember if I mentioned that or not. But as far as from the Packers' perspective, the the testing at the Combine, if they were interested in him, I think would kind of be the, you know, would put them – would put them off on him, um, especially at the NFL level. You wonder, uh, is that production going to carry over if he's not, you know, if at the college level he's not among one of the better athletes, how is that going to uh, turn over to the NFL and will that production carry over? So I think that's kind of the question mark with him. But still, he's still a very talented player. That's the thing we got to keep in mind when we go through with these guys and if we knock them on something, you know, it's not to take away from you know, who they are, the type of player that they are. But I think that's just something to be mindful of. But he's versatile, strong, and long. Yeah, so, Mark, would what the Packers do on their defense fit a skill set like this? Because, like Paul said, you are who you are. So he can work on some things and try to work on some of that athleticism. But is this a guy that has stood out to you uh, at all? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a good player. Like, or He was a very good college player. Um 
I, I like what Paul said. Does it, is it going to translate? I don't know. My guys tell me they they think he's more of a a, a three four end than he, than he is a you know outside linebacker in a three four. They they think he's more. Of, and Zadarius did put his hand down last year sometimes. So I mean, the Packers could use that, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him being a Packer. I just I don't like he's like Paul said about this the, the testing. Um, he's a, I mean again I think he can help some team. I think he could go. He could be a late first round pick. I could see him going to. I don't know. He, I could see Kansas City maybe at thirty two. Yeah, I think it's going to depend on the team and the system that he's going to fit in. If his skill set fits, then there's a higher value on that player in that system. I just don't know. It's just kind of the same thing. I, I don't know that I I see what he does as something that Green Bay need unless he unless he you know falls into the third fourth round well, for some reason. I don't think he does. But I don't think he does. I think the, the production is too much that. Again, I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think the Packers are taking any any of these guys. To be honest with you, I don't. I think they're taking a wide receiver or, or, or a tackle. <laughs> well, we hope so. You know, we hope so. We never never know because the draft is going to get really weird this year. I think. And then I say that, and then maybe a week from now we're talking about how boring it was because nobody traded and nobody moved around because of the the circumstances. You know, so I, I don't think there won't be any trades, but. You know, it it could end up being completely weird and chaotic, Paul. I Maybe think the word you I think I think the word you used yesterday, Paul, in a conversation we were having was chaos, or it might just be kind of ho hum. Yeah, uh, yeah. To play devil's advocate, it could be you know if they're not going to trade up because there's an unknown. Maybe they're more likely to be tr- make trades to go get the guy that they know is going to be um, who they want because of that unknown. But yeah. It, like every year, you see all these mock drafts come out, and largely they're a lot different than what goes on because there's just so much more background information that the the NFL teams have that we're just not privy to that affects the draft. So it, it'll certainly be as fun as it always is. Yeah, for sure. So moving into my conference here, the Pac-12, Bradley and I out of Utah. This is guy that's he's a stock has actually been kind of rising. So Epinesa's stock has fallen a little bit because of his combine, but um, Anai's gotten a little bit of plays, rising up the board, and it seems like it's his versatility because he he fits in either a three four or four three, and that's important obviously because you've got more options for teams that can that can take you because you're going to provide value and production for them. He had three straight seasons with double digit tackles for a loss. Which you know, if you're going to be listed as a top seven guy in the edge class or as a you know as an end, yeah, you kind of need to do that. That that kind of needs to be the story. Um, six three two fifty seven are his numbers. So Mark, I know and the the Browns like him. I know the Browns have done some research on him. I read that, so they they're looking into him there. But uh, Mark, we'll start with you because I know that size matters, as you've said. Six three two fifty seven. What do those numbers sound like for an edge rusher? I like him a little taller, but that's, he, he's he's got good size. I think he's a <sighs> production is good, like you said. Um, Thirteen sacks last year, uh, twenty-one over the last two years. Um, the tackles for losses are there, like you said, eight. He went eighteen, fifteen, fourteen. Um, he, he's a productive football player. Plays in a bad conference, but you know, can't can't hold that against him. I'm, I'm just messing with your Pac-12 there. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm an SEC guy now. I'm, I'm in the South now. Uh, so I mean, no, I think he's a solid. What do you think? Somewhere late second. 
He's not a first round pick, right? No, I don't. No, he doesn't project. I I think yeah, mid mid to late two would probably be about where where he would fall. I mean, Utah had a they had a good season. They didn't get as much love as as maybe they should have as far as consideration for the um, for the tournament. But you know, they had a really good season, so their players are going to get a lot of a lot of play. Zach Moss, the running back, is another guy that's gotten gotten some looks there too. So. You know, he he probably will end up going a little sooner than later because there's there's probably and there's also some guys too. And Mark, you've seen it throughout your years. There's some guys that just love certain programs and they love guys that come out of certain schools, well, and they they more heavily scout those those universities. Well, if we look at and it's a small sample size because there's only been two drafts under this current Packer front office. Big Ten and SEC is where they go. Mm-hmm. Look at it, right? I mean. One ACC guy in in um, Alexander, right? But last year, Gary added a Big Ten, and Savage added a Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Kankins added the SEC. Sternberger added the SEC. Can't get a little further. Kiki added the SEC, for that matter, right? The year before, you had um, – who did they take after? Um, Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson, Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten. Uh, Oren Burks, SEC. Uh, Jamon Moore, SEC, Missouri. Right, mm-hmm. it's, it's. I mean, they take. They're not. Gonna, I'll tell you right now, the Packers are not taking a guy from southwestern Louisiana. Not that there is one, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. They, they're not. That's how. That's how I knew the year that they they traded down with New Orleans. They weren't taking Davenport out of the small. They weren't taking a small school guy and and hoping he can project. They don't. They don't do that. Not early, especially not early. I mean, I think they've only made two picks outside of the power conferences in the last two years, right? They, they took the, the cornerback last year from to, Toledo, Holman, yep. and took um, Scantling, out of Scantling, who came out of what? South, South Florida. Florida. Yeah. They're the only two guys that weren't a power conference. And Notre Dame. They like Notre Dame. They're not taking Notre Dame guys. They take Notre Dame. I mean, they traded for the quarterback. They drafted them. They're going to take Notre Dame guys somewhere along the line. And, and it's interesting too. Their three oh, big Brock. free agent signings this off season were all Big Ten guys: Kirksey, mm-hmm. Funches, and um, who am I forgetting? Oh, Wagner at Wisconsin, Michigan, yeah. Iowa, Wisconsin. They like the Big Ten, and then they like the SEC a little bit. All right. So for those of you who have your hearts set on Brandon Ayuk at number thirty, you can kiss those dreams goodbye because he won't. Uh, so. And he's I'm not going to be there at sixty-two. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. There's one more guy that I, I want to – The Packers don't need that kind of guy. They have him already. Right. Well, and that's – you know, that's that's the thing. There's going to have – they're going to have a lot of options, and that's why I'm glad this year I don't have my heart set on like I have in many years past one or two guys where my hopes get dashed very well, quickly. There are There are honestly probably at least ten guys that I would – legitimately be okay with if they picked what they took with their first pick. And that, that includes either at 30, if they move up, obviously great. And if, or if they move back, like there's, there's double digit guys that I would be okay with them taking. This is just a, it's a good draft class. It's a good draft class. So, all right, SEC, if you want. I have 10 guys that, that I wouldn't want them to take too. Well, yeah, that, that as well. But, you know, hopefully other teams will make those decisions for the Packers and, if you want to stay in the SEC, Mark, we've got the guy that rounds off our list here is um, Terrell Lewis out of Alabama. I feel like every single list we have has to include at least one Crimson Tide. So 6'5", 262, there's your size. He had, um, 
He did not play much of 2017 or 2018. He had an ACL surgery in 2018. The knock on him is he doesn't um, he doesn't balance well at the, t- at the point of attack. But I don't I don't know how uncommon that is for some of these guys. Um, you know, he's playing against top competition. The Cowboys and the Patriots have been linked to Terrell Lewis. So Mark, we'll start with you. SEC, Alabama. Yeah, Mike, a little bit too. Mike, well, what my guy says about him and the, the red flag is the injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. you you can't overlook the fact that he got hurt two years in a row. Um, you know, and, and he had again great size, uh, great program. My guy said to me, he's a guy, if you take him, know that he, like, he's, he's going to be a situational rotate-in third-down pass rusher. That's, and that might be his ceiling. But that's not a, if, that's all you, if that's all you can do, that's not a bad thing to be able to do. And, I, and, and if you just use him that way, um, I, don't take a, I don't like to spend a first-round pick on a guy like that. But if you're picking low enough and that's what you need, maybe – no, again, I I think he's more of a late second. I don't think he goes first. You, too many injury concerns there. No, not a first rounder, Paul. Any any? Do you disagree, or do you think that's about where he would he would go? Yeah, second, even third round. Um, yeah, you guys hit it on the head with him. He's got the, you know, he shows the traits that you like to see. He's got the athleticism, but the injuries. I looked it up. Um, Pro Football Focus says he's only had 685 career snaps, not like pass rushing snaps, but just snaps in general. Um, and he's been so-so against the run, so I agree with what Mark said. He might just be a situational third down, obvious passing situations, go get the quarterback, which you know teams need, and he can find his niche and be successful in that. But the injuries are a red flag, but you like you like the traits that you see when he's healthy and on the field. Well, there's your fackerel guy. Like Mark, you said, or, or maybe you know it was – it was Paul who mentioned Fackrell's gone. So you have to, you know, there, there's, so if that guy's available and say, you know, he wouldn't be, but if you've got a guy like that available in the fifth round, that seems about the sweet spot there. If you're looking for a third down specialist and somebody that can give you those quality snaps, you don't want your second or third rounder only playing one down. Right. So, I mean, as far as the, the list and the top guys, that kind of rounds it off. I mean, was there, was there, before we sign off, was there anybody else that, we should have added or that you had on your list. Mark, we'll start with you. No, you even added a guy that I didn't have. So, <laughs> no, not, this is not a good year. For, it's just not a good year. I'm, I'm, I, I start off by saying that the Packers were smart. They, they looked. I, I can't think it was a coincidence that the four guys, they, their, their first four picks last year, are the four weakest areas of this year's draft. I don't. I just don't think that was a coincidence. Right. Right. Paul, any thoughts? I mean, do we miss anybody? Anybody else from Wisconsin that we need to profile? <laughs> nope, not an edge rusher. All right, so before we sign off, this is our last show before the actual draft itself. So the only question I'll ask real simply is, uh, Paul, we'll start with you. First pick in the draft, whether it's in the first round or they trade back, are the Packers going offense or defense? I think they're going offense. Mark? Offense. Yeah, I have to think so as well. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I, I think they get the right tackle. You've got a quarterback that, you know, is, has a couple seasons, you know, left. If we're fortunate enough that he gets a second wind and he can play four or five more years at a high level, that is phenomenal. But, yeah, they've got to get, they've got to get some things going on offense, and, and their defense just needs to show up and play, and Mike Pettin's got to 
got to make with make do with what he's got. And it's when I, I I say make do with what he's got, and and I also say that he's got a lot to make do with. It's not like he's hurting for talent. So I I think the offensive side is is the way to go. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, guys, we'll reconvene again in a week. We'll have some actual draft stuff to talk about. Uh, it's it has been good. Now this week. A lot of exciting content. So before we go, uh, real quick, Mark, anything at Packer Report that's coming up that we should look out for? Um, it's always good stuff on Packer Report. I'll be running Monday. I'll be looking at the at what the Packers uh, might do position by position, where their greatest needs are, and some possibilities. And then Thursday, I'll have my my who I think the Packers are going to take at thirty. All right, and Paul Cheesehead TV, Dairyland Express. Yep, pumping out all sorts of draft content, whether it be mock drafts, um, looking at individual players or kind of position groups as a whole. Um, Cheesehead TV, I just put out why I think the offensive line is uh, perhaps the biggest need for the Packers this year, despite you know all the talk around linebacker and receiver and all of that as far as looking towards the future. So uh, always good stuff like that, so be sure to check it out. Yeah, for sure. All right, good stuff as always, guys. We'll see you in one week's time. Enjoy your weekend, everybody, and go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.